Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and I'm glad you could be with us. We are wrapping up our message series that we've called The Helper this morning. At Towards the end of Jesus' life, as he was about to go be crucified on the cross and die for our sins, he told his followers this in John 14:26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus did not leave his followers on their own. He left them with the helper. And the helper is still with his followers today to help us to be able to choose to follow and live in line with God's ways. And that's a really good thing for us because life comes at us fast. This week did not start how I thought the week was going to start. The CIV alarm at the building went off three different times um, on Sunday night, Monday morning. Fortunately, I slipped through the first two <laughs> calls that I got. And then the third call, um, I woke up at 4.40 in the morning and I'm trying to figure out what are we going to do? Is, is there somebody really breaking in? So I came down to the building to check it out, and it turns out there was a problem with the power supply. So I went home, I got ready for work, and I had a DMV appointment. My papers were in a safe that we have. I tried to open the safe. It would not open. I'm trying again and again, and I finally, I looked up on YouTube, how to how do I break into this safe? And there's this guy in a ski mask breaking into his own safe on a YouTube video. He's drilling holes into it. And I'm praying. I'm asking God for help. How can I get into this? I really need these papers so I don't have to go back to the DMV again. And fortunately, I scrolled down in the comments and somebody said, Hey, guys, you don't need to drill into your safe. Same thing was happening to me. I just replaced the batteries. So I replaced the batteries, got into the safe, Got to work for a little bit, but while I'm driving to work, um, the tire pressure monitor is on in my car, and I um, it had been on for a couple days, and sometimes it just goes away, so I was hoping it would go away, and it did not. So then I had to go uh, get that dealt with, get put some air in the tires, and I am really behind schedule at this point. I was waking up early on Monday morning to get ahead for the week. And so now I've got air in my tire, I go to the DMV, and the DMV was the highlight of my morning. I had an appointment and I got in there super, uh, pretty quick uh, compared to my expectations. So you know it's a rough morning when the DMV is the highlight of your morning. I was halfway through Monday and I had gotten nothing done that I wanted to do and I really needed to do because I was trying to, to get ahead of the week. That's how life goes sometimes. I was already under a lot of pressure to get things done. We have the grand opening coming up, the anniversary coming up, and I'm speaking this week, and all of these things needed to get done, and boom, half a day is gone immediately at the start of the week. I don't know how your week went. Hopefully you had a wonderful, carefree uh, week, but I do know that we all feel pressure from time to time. The Pressure might come in the form of a time crunch, like I was feeling on Monday. You might experience relational pressure and conflict uh, that you just can't seem to resolve, or pressure from school might 
really be bearing down on you and the responsibilities that you have to have. Pressure is a fact of life. It's going to come. And look at what 2 Corinthians 1, the second half of 8 and 9 says. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God wants the pressure in our life to lead us to depend on Him. And He has given His followers a helper to help them to turn to God in those pressure times and rely on Him. Galatians 5, 16 through 26 has been our theme passage uh, throughout this whole entire message series. Let's read it together. We can remember the previous messages and look to see what God has for us this morning. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. To walk with the Spirit of Christ, the follower <clears throat> has to learn how to choose the Spirit over the desires of the flesh. And there's this war inside of us. And the impact on someone's life that is able to choose to walk by the Spirit rather than the flesh is huge. And we see the contrast in the, the next part of that passage, verses 19 through 24, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The fruit of the Spirit is the truly good stuff in life. And last week we looked at that. We looked at how that fruit happens in our life over time as we continue to walk by the Spirit and, and tap into the resources of, for growth that, that the Spirit gives us. It's prayer, God's Word, fellowship, and ministry. The fruit of the Spirit grows us as we tap into those resources. So how do we do that? How do we keep doing that again and again over time? Galatians 5, 25 and 26 tell us how. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is showing us that Christ followers produce good fruit as they keep in step with the Spirit and reject comparison and competition amongst themselves. So how does a Christ follower keep in step with the Spirit? It helps us if we dig a little bit into the Greek um, in this uh, in this passage to get a sense of what it's talking about. 
And so Galatians 5.25 says, keep in step with the Spirit. This word keep in the Greek, it's this uh, stoicheo, and <clears throat> it's a row, or to, to walk in line. It's to live or to behave in accordance with the Spirit. So keeping in step with the Spirit is this idea of keeping in line with it. Walking in line with the Spirit is, is what it's talking about. And we do that as we focus on the Spirit's desires and resources. Romans 8, 6 says, for to, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Now, remember, we have this war within us that, that we've looked at in this message series. And this is going on inside of us between the flesh and the spirit and the resources for growth that we looked at last week are important for helping us to keep our mind on the spirit. Here's a picture of the bicycle uh, for life that we looked at. And the, the, the wheel that on there um, <clears throat> that we have is prayer, God's word, fellowship, in ministry, that helps us to keep in step with the Spirit. The way that this works, the, these resources, they will keep pulling us back in line. So imagine you're on that bike, and you're riding, and you start to veer off course from the way that the Spirit is saying, the, the ways of the flesh uh, start to look good. Uh, like my Monday, my Monday morning. It, it was a frustrating morning. The ways of the flesh were calling at me to be frustrated, to be angry that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. But what, what has happened is, over the years, I've, I've started to figure out what God wants me to do in situations like that. My natural tendency is to get frustrated to start to get anxious, to fret about what's going on, to get short with people so that I can get back to doing what I need to do to get my stuff done. But over the years, I've had examples of men and women at Church in the Valley who actually choose to go serve people when they're busy. And they've set the example for me that I've seen that I don't have to freak out when my ways aren't happening just according to my schedule and my plans, I can trust that God's going to help me to get done what I, what's done because He's in charge of it all. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. I've memorized that verse. And so when I start to veer off in walking with the Spirit and start veering off into fret and worry and anxiety, God can call me back as I keep practicing these resources for growth. That's what happens as we pray, as we read God's Word, as we spend time with God's people, as we do ministry. God continues to bring us back in line to walk with Him and, and to keep in step with the Spirit. But we're not perfect. We aren't. <laughs> we're going to get out of step with the Spirit from time to time. And so how do we diagnose what's going on and get back in line? So the way that we can diagnose what's going on is we can see if, if there's just flesh 
godly responses in our life, or if we're we're just struggling with the the flesh, that is the things that are away apart from God in God's ways. So some ways that we can get out of step with the Spirit is one is the law. Um, we depend on our self-effort to please God. That's what that's what that's talking about when we're talking about the law. We can get so focused on what we're doing for God that we think that is what's is is what's giving us a good right relationship with God. He he he's pleased with what we're doing, so that's why he loves us or things like that. When we do that, it's really a trap. And we start to feel the pressure to perform. We don't feel freedom, the freedom in Christ that we're supposed to be feeling. We start to feel the pressure to do things just the right way so that God still loves us, so that our relationship with God is clear and is okay. But the thing is, Jesus fulfilled the law when he died as a sacrifice for our sins. We no longer had to make sacrifices to atone for our sins like they did in the Old Testament. Jesus was the sacrifice on the cross, and we're forgiven through Jesus. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that Christ, that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The Spirit will lead us to do things God's way. But the Spirit is not going to lead us into pride or into uh, this idea and, and thoughts of thinking, I am earning a right relationship with God, because that is apart from God's Word. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's the truth. That's what the Spirit's going to lead us towards. It's going to lead us towards accepting that free gift that God's given us. Not to be in bondage to doing things a certain way because we think that's what's going to keep us in a right relationship with God. It's not our works that does that. But it is God's grace that saves us and gives us that that ability to have the relationship with Him. Another way that we can get out of step with the Spirit is we can just start to step over people to get what we want. They they block us. They block our goals, things that that we want. And so we're just going to use them up and um, so that we can get what we want. My son and I, we uh, a while ago, he wanted to start doing slow motion races to get to his bed at bedtime. So we run in slow motion to his bed. Now, somehow his slow motion is always a little bit faster than my slow motion. And so I've started to grab him and, and, and make it so that maybe I can beat him sometimes because I, I get tired of losing every night. <laughs> and so uh, the other uh, couple weeks ago, I was, we were doing our slow motion race and I just shoved him out of the way. And it was too hard. <laughs> I was trying to win, and I just took it too far. I shoved him out of the way. That's, that's a silly example <laughs> of what we can do to others. But we do that in life all the time. Our, our goal gets blocked, and we start to push people out of the way so that we can get ahead of them, or maybe we go around them so that we can get what we want 
And it's not right for us to do that. The Spirit's going to lead us to, to act in line with Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or, or uh, conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So that is some ways that we get out of step with the Spirit. And some way, some, a way to diagnose what's going on is, am I experiencing some results of the flesh? Am I experiencing some of the works of the flesh that it talks about in Galatians 5, 19? Through 21. You can go through and read that list and see if you're feeling that. It's so easy to feel defeated when we get out of step with the Spirit. So, how do we get back in step as quickly as possible so that we can experience God's grace and His forgiveness again and again? Well, what we do is we confess. We confess and we accept God's forgiveness. When we get out of step, when we start acting in the flesh, we need to ask God's forgiveness. And if we've hurt somebody in in our path as we've been doing that, we need to ask their forgiveness as well. And then we need to refocus and do the next right thing. When you start thinking in a fleshly way, you redirect your thoughts to the desires and the resources of the Spirit. A prayer like this can help. Father, help me want what you want right here and now. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That simple prayer can help you to get your thoughts back in line with the Spirit instead of so focused on what I want. I had to pray this prayer a lot on Thursday this week. I was worn out. I was tired. I had a lot of things to do. I was struggling uh, inside on just the motivation to do them. It wasn't coming easily. And so I kept praying similar prayer to this. And the Spirit helped me. It helped me to submit to uh, do the Spirit's desires rather than my desires, which my desire was to go to the nursery. They have some really comfortable rocking chairs and take a nap. So fortunately, I didn't do that. I was able to keep moving forward. God helped me. His Spirit helped me to keep pushing through when I was really struggling and not wanting to. We also keep in the step, in step with the Spirit by being filled again and again. Ephesians 5, 18 through 21 says, And do not get drunk with wine. Being drunk affects the way that you talk, the way that you walk, uh, the way you react. If you drive a car while you're drunk, you're going to get arrested. And that, that's the idea here that we're seeing is this, there's this, don't, Get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And the filling here, it's this idea of this continuous filling. Because what happens is we leak. We get filled with the Spirit, but it leaks out. And then we need to get filled again. And look at what happens as we continually get filled with the Spirit. Um, it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here's some things that are happening as we're being filled because being filled, it affects my speech. 
What we say, it comes out of what we focus on. If we focus on the flesh, then we're going to tear people down. But if we focus on the Spirit and the Spirit's desires, we're going to build people up. So we need to continually be filled with the Spirit. And that filling comes as we pray, as we read God's Word, as we spend time in fellowship with people, and as we do ministry together. Another thing that um, is affected by being filled is our heart. Our heart is stirred to worshiping the Lord. I'm a whistler, and when, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'll be whistling songs of praise to God. And it's just, it overflows out of our heart as we, as we are filled continuously with the Spirit. Another thing that it uh, affects is our attitude. That gratitude just permeates our responses when we're in line with the Spirit. And then our relationships. Um, what happens when we are filled with the Spirit is we take our place in our relationships. If you're a leader, you lead in line with the Bible. If you're a follower, you willingly submit yourself to the leader. It's interesting that these that relationships keep showing up in all these passages that we keep looking at about walking by the Spirit. God has designed people to be in relationship with one another. In relationships, they get messy on our own, in the flesh. There can be just tremendous amounts of pressure that come into our life when our relationships aren't clear, aren't and they're messy. But that pressure is meant to turn us towards God and to lean on Him for help in those situations. In keeping in step with the Spirit, it allows us to experience relationships the way that God wants us to experience them. And we see that the Helper gives us the power to reject comparison and competition. Galatians 5.26 says, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The Christian life is not a competition. The flesh tells us that it is. And when we start to compete and compare ourselves with other Christians, we are out of step with the Spirit. And so this is warning us here in Galatians 5.26. And specifically, it's warning us in three ways. To not be conceited. Conceited is being proud without basis. You know, it's really what this is, being conceited, it's trying to make us feel better. It, it really grows out of this insecurity inside of us. The way that this looks in church life, uh, one way it might look is you're pre- you might pretend to be further along in your relationship with God than you actually are. And this almost always ends in embarrassment because you, you, you present yourself as further along than you are, and then somebody asks you a question about the Bible or or uh, something in relating to God. You can't answer it because you're conceited. You weren't uh, really in line with reality. Another way that we're warned is to not provoke each other. Uh, provoking is to challenge or to combat or contest, uh, to irritate. Really, it's it's a to call somebody out, um, the energy that we put into provoking is just a total waste. And so it's warning us against that here. Don't provoke each other. And then 
jealousy. Jealousy is envy, ill will generated by the advantage of prosperity or another of another person. And that can be real prosperity or it can also just be something that, that you've imagined that somebody is being prosperous. These are indicators of the flesh in relationships. If they're going on, you need to stop and get back in line with the Spirit. Confess, ask God's forgiveness, and move forward. Refocus and do the next right thing. The goal of this message series has been to make walking in the Spirit clear. We walk by the Spirit as we learn to hear God's Spirit over the flesh and choose to do what God's Spirit's saying, not what the flesh is telling us to do. The Spirit is never going to lead us to do something that is contrary to God's Word. So we pray, we read God's Word, we spend time in fellowship with God's people, and we do ministry with each other. Over time, God's Spirit will get louder and louder, and our detours that go with the flesh will get shorter and shorter. And we can experience the fruits over time that comes from living in line with the Spirit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that comes from walking by the Spirit. This is the life that God wants for us all. So let's keep in step with the Spirit and experience the fruit in our lives and our relationships. Each week at Church in the Valley, we have some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message. Here's some that you might want to take today. The first is to focus on the Spirit's desires by spending time in prayer, God's Word, fellowship, or ministry. Is there an area of the resources that God gives us for growth, to help us to, to walk by the Spirit, is there one of those that you really want to focus on and put into practice this week? Another next step you might want to take is to reject comparison and competition with fill in the blank. Maybe there there's something that you don't like about yourself, a weakness, and you're constantly looking around and seeing people who are good at that thing. You gotta reject that. Refuse it. God has made you the way that He has made you. And He's made it, made you with the strengths you have for a purpose. And the weaknesses are meant to lead us to turn to God and rely on Him. Rely on God instead of comparing and, um, being in competition with others in those areas. And then the last next step that you might want to take is, um, memorizing Second Corinthians 1, second half of 8 and 9. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. If you've made Jesus the boss of your life, your God raises the dead. He has the power to help you in whatever situation you're facing. And He wants us to turn to Him, walk by His Spirit, and experience the fruit that comes from doing that. When the pressures of life come in, we turn to Him. We can experience the peace 
that He wants to give us regardless of what's going on in our life. Let's pray and ask God to help us to walk by the Spirit. God, we just pray that You would really uh, give us the strength to choose Your Spirit over the flesh. Help us to um, really just stay in step with the Spirit this week and moving forward. Help us, show us where we get out of line. Show us if there's just some flesh in our life that we really need to work on and weed out. Lord, we need your help to do this. Desire is to walk by the Spirit and experience the blessing that comes from that. Please, Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.